0: It is Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. I uh, want today to talk, uh, I want to say this first of all, I didn't get enough sleep last night. I was woken early this morning and then wasn't able to get back to sleep. So I'm also recording this uh, outside of uh, where I am situated these days. uh, So there may be some background noise. I tried to find a spot to minimize that. I don't have total privacy right now because I am uh, helping my uh, family member do some renovations at his place, and so I'm in his environment right now and I'm not entirely comfortable recording these kinds of things in the presence of uh, my brother, Uh, so I apologize for background noise. I'll try and minimize it and edit out what is overly offensive. So what what uh I have I have been guided to do this. In fact, like I said earlier in one of my previous uh, episodes, I was guided to to do this about three months ago and it would have made a lot more sense in hindsight to have followed that guidance because I had a lot more privacy than I do right now. Nonetheless, here I am. This is a very, very important subject that I wanted to discuss today. Um and it came up for me when I woke this morning. It was very sort of at the forefront of my mind. And that is paradigms and uh, paradigm shifts. And to me, this is an extremely important subject. Um, and I think it's relevant to many people, whether they're aware of it or not. And this term uh, might be loosely used or applied, but I think it it requires... Uh, uh, or would benefit from being more deeply discussed and understood. So, what is a paradigm? A paradigm is a set of beliefs and experiences uh, that define your reality. And it often, it usually, often involves a lot of assumptions as well. So, let's say, for example, just because I like to give practical examples, and as much as it's possible, I like to give practical examples that I myself have personally experienced. Um, But let's say you grew up in a fundamentalist family, and so they have a whole set of beliefs and um, rules around you know what is acceptable and what can be talked about uh, how it can be expressed and they have a whole set of terminology that they use in language to communicate those beliefs so they would be able to for example take a particular word and use that word and then everyone within that context would have a fairly common shared set of understandings about what that term or word means in that context. And um, there are people outside of that context or who weren't, say, for example, fundamentalists, what might have uh, another set of beliefs and assumptions and definitions uh, that they would use to describe and understand and uh, to, to describe and understand reality. Uh, now, within the fundamentalist set of uh, paradigm, they are also aware that there are people uh, who are outside of their belief system who hold a differing or opposing or um, challenging beliefs that would contradict their set of beliefs. And so they will have uh, built into their belief system a whole set of uh, arguments or positions to counter the opposing beliefs, so let's say somebody outside of the fundamentalist paradigm uh, believes that you know sex outside of marriage is totally fine and it happens all the time. Well, the person on the fundamentalist in the fundamentalist paradigm might say, "Well, that these people are wrong. They, um, <clears throat> they're, um, it's evil. Uh, they're not following scripture, and so on." So. That part part of their belief system would, which is what a paradigm really is, uh, would would be built into it. Would be a whole series of defense mechanisms to preserve, so that that to preserve their paradigm, so that so that they can function in reality. Now, um, this can be taken to different levels, of course, and it can go to extremes where people will literally deny reality. Um, uh, to the point where it actually becomes uh, detrimental, where reality itself will actually, at some point, conflict with their reality to the point where it becomes untenable or unsustainable. And if we look at, for example, the cultural clashes that are going on right now, and the U.S. is a good example because it's so dramatic, um, you know, we have, uh, now we have this, it, it tends to be, often it's sort of politically aligned, although there's a lot of people sort of in the middle, which is kind of, from my perspective, a bit, a bit of a cowardly position, because you're, you're, <laughs> this is a huge subject. I'm going I'm to I'm try and keep it brief. It's a really big subject. But so we have a cultural, you know, we have people who are more liberal and people who are more conservative. Uh, and these, there's a culture clash because their paradigms conflict with each other, uh, and so, if if some if the liberal paradigm is was proven to be accurate, it would completely undermine and discredit the conservative paradigm, and vice versa. And so, as the uh, paradigms uh, diverge, the more you go down the path, you know, more extreme on the left, more extreme on the right, uh, the more these sort of paradigms are diametrically opposed to each other. Uh, and it each becomes increasingly untenable in the face of the others. Uh, because what happens is is that uh, reality at some point will conflict so much with somebody's extremist paradigm that they will go to the point where they will actually, for example, engage in violence or political violence or social violence or whatever... Uh, because it sort of becomes like a last resort to try and preserve their paradigm, even if it is completely corrupt and defunct or untenable. Now, within that, though, uh, within this concept of paradigms, there's a a very, it's very, one of the keys to this, understanding this, is terminology. Terminology. So, to apply it to the field that we're sort of discussing here, for example, um, if I say the word spiritual, you know, inside of my community, sort of of within the New Age community, and within that community, there's a whole subset of of communities that are encompassed within it, um, uh, I have an understanding of what the word spiritual means, uh, and somebody else has an understanding of what the word spiritual means, and we can have a conversation and both use that word, although in in fact, we might actually have fairly significantly different understandings of the word spiritual. So if you want to get, if you want to have a conversation with somebody um, that is actually very deep and meaningful and substantial, you have to kind of at least have a common understanding of what that word spiritual means, um, or at least understand how your definitions differ. So I had to to put this in a a practical perspective. um, I can give you uh, an example of in my own life, which occurred in my early 20s, Um, where uh, I went through a process where I gained um, a lot of deeper understanding of some of these concepts and terms. And and I think it'll become self-evident why I'm going to do that. So I will proceed. Um, So I was in my early 20s. I had traveled and lived uh, in different parts of... uh, Canada, exposing myself to different cultures within uh, Canadian society. Uh, and this is this is back at a time when travel was not as common as it is now. So, you know, there tended to be more distinct expressions of society uh, it, uh, that had been rooted in areas for long periods of time. Like, for example, Quebec is f- more of a French culture as quite a it's just, its culture is quite a bit different than other parts of Canada so anyway I go and I do all this and then I come back and I end up living in the woods for two years uh, off grid completely off grid no running water no electricity I'm living in a little cabin in the woods and uh on a cooperative and I go uh I I become uh uh good friends with um uh someone I considered my mentor. And I believe I have actually stated to him that I considered him my mentor for many years, um, who has, who also lives on that land, um, also off grid. And what what I would do is I would go over to uh, his place many, many, many times in the evenings and talk. And he, uh, is somebody who was very academically inclined. I've, mentioned him before. I'm going to call him Fritz. Everybody called him Fritz because he was of uh, German heritage. I believe his name was Reinhardt, but everyone called him Fritz. And so that's what I'm going to refer to him as. And so I would go over every evening and we would sit there with oil lamps and talk for hours. Uh, And like I said, he was somebody who was very academically inclined, but also had studied a lot of esoteric subjects uh uh and um extremely well read and he was probably uh, 10 15 years older than me and still is actually but the so what what happened was is that um uh very kindly and very generously he would spend like insane amounts of time and we would just sit there and talk and talk and talk and talk and I would ask question after question after question after question and we and we would go into these very 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 deep subjects and so over time we built a common frame of reference where we could use a word to describe a very deep subject and we knew that we had a shared understanding of what that word represented so now <clears throat> <coughs> excuse me as time goes on we can i can i can pardon me well think of water as time goes on now i can use a term or phrase in a in a conversation uh, which will represent a very complex and deep subject but we both know that when that we both have a shared understanding of what that represents so rather than sitting there and talking for three hours about that particular concept um, we've achieved a state of mutual understanding and so it, we can and as time goes on we can have uh, we can have conversations that become increasingly deep and meaningful uh, because we have spent all this time developing a shared understanding and if somebody else at that point was to walk along and sit down at the table beside us and listen to us speaking, they would not really understand everything we were conveying to each other through these concepts and words. Because, like I said, we've spent hours discussing these, this terminology that we're using to communicate with each other. <clears throat> so we can thus exchange a very deep, very meaningful uh, concepts back and forth with each other very quickly because of the shared understanding. Uh, So, um, now, how does this relate to paradigms? Well, everybody is functioning in a paradigm, which, like I said early on, is um, an understanding and a set of assumptions and beliefs about reality. That they and many people do not even realize that that they actually operate within a paradigm, because they just assume that they do, and you know um, this is why, for example, traveling to foreign cultures and spending time in foreign cultures or alien situations is uh, so invigorating because you arrive in a in a place which has a completely set different set of values and belief systems. And it, it can be extremely stimulating because you're now exposed to um, a completely different reality that's functioning right next door to yours. So I have a paradigm. Uh, a community might have a paradigm, a country may have a paradigm, <coughs> a shared set of beliefs and understandings, even, if it, even even if within that paradigm there's conflicting ideas and so forth. At least we have a general understanding that if you're traveling in the United States, you're going to be. Op- operating within a certain set of shared beliefs. Now someone like me living in Canada or someone in Europe might look at for example America and go like okay you guys are crazy like we don't understand why you don't have uh, uh, medical a a, a public system of medical care for everybody that isn't uh, based on uh, you know where you don't need to buy insurance for medical care or whatever Uh, Canada for example also kind of has a slightly different, um, belief system that is less sort of radically individualistic as you have in the United States. So we also don't understand, you know, gun laws and things like that, that the United States has that are particular to it, uh, because part of the American identity is this, uh, <clears throat> rather extreme form of, you know, individualism, w- which conflicts with the collective, um, uh, welfare of the nation in many regards. So anyway, I'm just trying to get at the point that there there are all these, you know, we all operate within these paradigms. Now, some of us are aware that we're operating within a paradigm and some of us just accept it innately without questioning it and don't even realize we are. So somebody, for example, who's less well-traveled or less open-minded, um, might, for example, like just completely discredit uh, Middle Eastern culture, right? so and and that's their way of of dealing with these conflicting realities. or you know, uh, because to the people in the Middle East, their culture, their reality is is valid. and the uh, and everything outside of that isn't. <clears throat> this is a very primitive way of dealing with um, ideas and reality which is to just become extremely defensive. And like I said, you know, nations have gone to war over ideologies uh, or shared beliefs that conflict with others, right? So there's a few things within all of this, right? One is you have to have a common frame of reference and that requires, takes effort. This is why in, within the scientific community, um, they will spend a, a phenomenal amount of time uh, in academia uh, or in the scientific community, defining terms so that they can speak a shared language and that they can con- convey a tremendous amount of knowledge and information very quickly. Because they know that when they use that term, whatever it is, like, for example, ex- the term exponential, it's a logarithmic scale. It means, you know, that it when something grows exponentially, it, um, it it's... It tends to be, in, in technical terms, it, it tends to be more significant than what most people just, when they use the term exponential, what it means. It has a, it has a definition uh, that's very precise. So, in the spiritual community, like I said, we have, we use terms like spirituality uh, or uh, Jeez, we Jeez, you know, when we're talking about psychic phenomenon and stuff like that, we, we're throwing around terms all the time. And I suspect that actually uh, because we, we don't have a common frame of reference with clearly defined terms, you know, where actually a lot of people are saying things and then people are hearing those things without fully understanding or having a shared set of beliefs about what that term actually means. So you could literally... Like for example, the word spirituality is a vast a vast concept because spirituality to somebody in India who grew up in a more traditional you know <coughs> upbringing within that culture spirituality means something very different than it does to say somebody who grew up in the midwest United States so it matters um because uh It matters a lot because we can think. (coughs) Excuse me. Pardon me. Um, I'm going to take another swig of water here. It matters a lot because we can think we're actually communicating when we're not. We're saying different things, yeah. But we make all of these assumptions. Now, sometimes people make make these assumptions because they're just lazy, right? They're intellectually lazy. Um, and you know, and sometimes it's practical. You just don't have time to reach a shared consensus about what do I mean when I use say spiritual, I had a spiritual experience. Well, what does that mean? Um, so, uh, now there's another important concept. Well, let, let me just make sure I've wrapped that up. So yeah, we're all walking around. We have based on our life experiences, uh, and our study and our, um, you know, our experience of life, we have, we, we operate within a paradigm. So a couple, you know, one of the reasons I think people kind of like being coupled is because over time, uh, the, the couple, you know, ha- re- develops a shared understanding. It becomes very comfortable and, you know, the wife can say to the husband, X and the husband knows exactly what the wife means, whereas you know somebody down the street wouldn't really pick up on all of the, the the implications of you know what they're actually saying to each other. And so then when when the when the relationships becomes threatened, the individuals are actually going like, oh, part of them is going like, oh my god, you know, I I don't want to go put in all this time and effort with another person to try to reach that level of shared understanding. So typically, you know. It, as the relationship begins, the two are forming uh, a shared set of beliefs or or at least a shared understanding of each other's set of beliefs so that they can be in a state of comfort that just requires a lot less effort and energy to uh, share with each other. Whereas somebody outside of the relationship wouldn't really have that level of understanding or awareness that they share collectively between the two of them now a paradigm shift is another like really important concept so if you are operating hang on i'm getting i guess i'm getting the impression here that i have not fully described this concept to the extent that i desire right so thank you so um, this is very important because basically what's what's happening is is that individuals, couples, families, um, your social network—you know the people that you hang out with—we all function and operate within these realities that we have constructed based on our experience, and it's like we're all um, function within our paradigm in our belief system, it becomes our, the reality. And the reality that we believe in and that we have defined for ourselves through our experiences, um, shape, literally shape and define our experiences. So, you know, you'll often hear people talk about, um, you know, how to shift your reality or change your reality or manifest, you know, what you want or things like that and the 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 need the importance of what you believe how it literally alters your experience of reality and there's a tremendous amount of truth within that it's very powerful. And however, I would argue that a lot of people <clears throat> have never actually completely delved into um th- the depths of their own particular paradigm. There's still an awful lot of assumptions being made uh, that, you know, x equals y or whatever the case is that are, are shaping your experience that you just assume to be true. Now we can get into what is a paradigm shift. So if if I've adequately conveyed this and I probably haven't uh, because uh, like I said, I could we could go on at great length about any many of the things I've touched on here already. But let's just say that to sum that up, that that yeah, we we each live within our own paradigm that we have constructed, and it they all everyone's paradigm, every organisms, every 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 uh, entity, every being has its own experience of reality, they, and they all slightly differ they all differ slightly. Um, a, a tree would have a paradigm that's different from mine, obviously, right? Or a dog <laughs> would have a paradigm. they have sensory perceptions that I do not have. and so they're when they're walking around doing their thing, they're experiencing stuff that I'm just not even aware of. Yeah, now now, this is where it starts to get really interesting. So a paradigm shift is not just taking uh, new experiences and new information and glomming them onto or adding them to your experience. So let's say you're an American and you take a trip to India and you go like, "Holy shit, this culture is like amazing! Like it's completely different. You know, there's all these different religions and religious practices and foods and." ways of being and you know there's a more of a sort of a caste system there and um you know they in india they they place a high value on spiritual um exploration uh and devotion uh so they they would have a lot of respect for people say for example who went and devoted themselves to a religious or spiritual path and went and um maybe went to an ashram Whereas in America, they would say like, oh, you you should go do your own thing and build stuff and, you know, make money and buy a five-bedroom house in the burbs or whatever it is, you know, different different imperatives. Um, uh, So that's not a paradigm shift. Just like adding and reinforcing your own paradigm and uh, by gaining new knowledge or information is not a paradigm shift. What might look more like a paradigm shift is a spiritual awakening let's say you grew up in a traditional American family you weren't you weren't necessarily a fundamentalists or your family wasn't fundamentalists you know but you were aware of that and you knew you knew you knew that that is a, a way of being a lifestyle uh, and so forth and you also knew that you know there's you could go and be a an investment banker on Wall Street, or a lawyer, or a doctor, or you know, a farmer, or whatever, right? You know, those 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 are all function within your paradigm, even if those aren't things that you were going to devote your life to. Uh, they're options, you know, part of they're on the smorgasbord of things that you could do. But let's do, and and so you know, you may have gone to church and uh, growing up a bit, you know, but you weren't like really religious and. You know, you're aware of all this stuff. It's it's part of your paradigm. Let's say that you suddenly start, uh, at some point along your path, uh, you s- suddenly start having psychic experiences. And you're going like, well, what the... F-? You know, yeah, I've heard of psychic experiences before, and I've, I've read about it, and, you know, I know that that goes on out there, but I just had a out-of-body experience. What the hell? Right now, suddenly... Suddenly, um, if you think about the implications of something like that, well, what does that mean? Does that suddenly I can exist outside of my body? Well, that's not part of my paradigm. <laughs> right? like the, I mean, yeah, I've, I've read about this conceptually, but, it, you know, did, did, did this act, what does that mean that, that that actually can occur? Well, this has like extremely profound and significant implications that reality is not just physical, uh, and that we, does, does, that mean that I live forever? I thought I was just born and died and that was it. Right. If, um, or does, uh, um, and, and if, uh, this is a very serious contradiction to, um, my paradigm, it's, it's a fundamental, it fundamentally challenges a whole set of beliefs that I've held my entire life, uh, that have shaped my identity and my experience of reality. So, um, now you're being like significantly challenged and the implications are astonishing because like, well, geez, I spent my whole life studying law and I'm a lawyer and I have a practice and, you know. What does that mean? Does it mean that all of a sudden that that that's all of that stuff that I have invested my time in, my whole family, my relationships, uh, it just doesn't have the same value that it's that it used to have? And I've been devoted to this for years. Like, so there are certain kinds of experiences which can be so dramatically challenging to our preconceived idea of what reality is and what it represents that it can be astonishingly alarming. Because if you hold, if that experience and those and the implications of it are so fundamentally challenging to your set of beliefs, you might like literally have to change your entire life. And it might even imply that some of the relationships that you are heavily invested in lose a significant amount of their validity or importance. And now suddenly, if you have, you know, and this is very difficult because you can't really describe a spiritual experience. I mean, yeah, if you are talking to somebody who has also had spiritual experiences, you can kind of reach some level of shared understanding about what it's like to have a spiritual experience. But I can never really fully convey to somebody else the full depth of my spiritual experience because it involves uh, my feelings, my senses, uh, and a sense of inner knowing and um it's an experience, and I can't really share an I can describe an experience, but I can't really share an experience with somebody else. now, like I said there other people have had similar experiences, so there can be some uh, sharing of that, but it's it's limited anyway, back to my thing about paradigm shifts so paradigm shifts tend to be when we have very significant experiences that are so challenging to our belief system that they require a radical reappraisal of our entire understanding of reality. Now, this does not tend to occur very often, and that's probably a good thing, because you would probably go crazy if you were going through very profound paradigm shifts on a regular basis, because they require you to completely change or review or reconsider everything that you know and think and understand to be true. Back, uh, you know, a lot of people have had experiences on LSD back in the 60s or more recently, ayahuasca has been a, um, a, a method for people to sort of shatter their paradigms and have experiences that are radically different or open them up to radically different beliefs and experiences, and uh, that um, you know. But those people tend to be very adventurous. I mean, you know, to get on a, a plane and go and down into the jungles of Peru for a couple of weeks, you have to be pretty a bit brave <coughs> and a bit open to having your yourself be very challenged. And there's a lot of people who just don't have that level of comfort. But what's going to be happening? as the veil's thin on the planet that we call Earth, is that more and more people are going to be going through paradigm shifts. And le- again, I really encourage people not to overly, to apply this, this term too liberally, because I would suspect that, you know, a person, if they're, um, if they are adventurous and open-minded, might have, um, a few paradigm shifts in a lifetime. I have had, and I'm somebody who's explored spirituality uh, intensely for years. Um, Maybe, maybe a couple paradigm shifts. Now, the other thing that tends to happen when you do have a paradigm shift is that you, this is, it's really interesting. You look back at your life and your prior experiences and you can now understand them and see them differently. So, you may have had an experience 15 years ago uh, that, at the time, you interpreted it one way, and now, from your new uh, perspective, your new paradigm, you understand and see that experience uh, in a way that you didn't at the time, and in it, in a way that has perhaps deeper uh, and, uh, and more meaning. Uh, and this has been my case. Like there, for example. There were things that happened to me when I was was a child or when I was young um, or that that when I had a paradigm shift in my early 20s, when I suddenly became aware of uh, spirituality and began to explore it, I looked back at experiences that I had had in my early childhood and in my youth in a way that now these experiences made sense to me in a way that they didn't before. I saw the patterns and I saw the necessity and I saw the importance of them in in ways that I just did not understand at the time. Because at, when I had those experiences, I lived primarily within the paradigm of that I grew up in. And those experiences were outside of that paradigm. So there was no context for them. There was no way to understand them or define them or even express them. So I had had what I now recognize as spiritual or psychic experiences when I was a child that I couldn't even talk about or express because there was no way to do that. I didn't have the language. I didn't have the context. I didn't have the paradigm within to be able to discuss those until I was older and had a new understanding of reality uh, and, and, and had people to express them to who would, did not think I was crazy. Right? So, to me, this is like an extremely important concept. Um, so, uh, one is uh, that, um, you know, it's it's like the word enlightenment. I, I see people sometimes describing themselves as enlightened or so-and-so enlightened or whatever. I've been on the spiritual path for many years. I've had experiences with uh, mystics, sages, gurus, people, you know, from different parts of the world. In my lifetime, uh, I have actually met maybe four or five people who are enlightened. It's an, and I'm going out of my way to sort of encounter these people. It's an extremely uncommon phenomenon. When you're in the presence of somebody who's enlightened, you know it. And if you've never been in the presence of somebody who's enlightened, uh, and then you do at some point, you'll know it too. So, it's not a term I would apply liberally to describe people. Uh, It's not a common phenomenon. Like, just because somebody has some knowledge or studied a particular subject does not mean they're enlightened. Enlightenment is a state of being. It's not uh, the result of uh, gathering knowledge. It's not an intellectual thing, right? So... um, and it's a rarefied state of being <clears throat> that very few people have attained. And, then, and even then, there's degrees of enlightenment as well. Uh, but... Uh, so, like I said, I think that's probably a good intro. Uh, I, I'm not even sure how long this is now. It's, these are very deep subjects. Um, I want to encourage people to sort of think about the terminology that they use and whether we're actually uh, communicating clearly with each other, because I think terms are being thrown around loosely without really being uh, fully understood and defined. Um, And so, like, literally people are saying things to each other without, and they're not actually quite saying exactly the same thing. Um... It takes a lot of time and effort to build a shared vocabulary that is well-defined. Why does this matter? Well, um, I think we're interested in sharing experiences and communicating clearly with each other. And if we're not actually saying the same things or discussing the same things, but we think we are, then um, we're, we're not really communicating. <clears throat> and I'm not saying that people adopt my definition of the word spirituality. Spirituality is such a vast term. It probably should just stay that way and just be, a va- you know, when we get into more detailed, you know, discussions, uh, you know, <laughs> that's when it becomes probably more important. But the word spirituality is just a broad term that means a lot of things to a lot of people, and we, we agree to accept that that's what it means. Um, uh, all right, that's probably enough for now. I'm, I'm just—I hope I, it makes sense. In that, <clears throat> you know, there's another thing too. There's another phenomenon when you're. You, this is say, for example, I was having this conversation with somebody else. It would probably be helpful because that person can help make sure that I'm just not veering off course or that I haven't skipped over something or omitted something. Just. Uh, uh you know not deliberately but just because it's 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 hard sometimes to maintain your train of thought uh, especially when you're trying to cover something so so vast and uh of significant importance so again to sum up that we're all operating within these beliefs that are limited right and even if we th- even if you think that your that your belief system is all encompassing, I can virtually promise you, not virtually, I can promise you you're wrong. It's not. There's other stuff outside of your understanding that you just have not encountered yet or understood yet. I mean spiritual this is one of the things about the spiritual path that is is so challenging is that it's infinite you know, it goes on and on and on. There are deeper and deeper and deeper levels of understanding and and awareness that we can gain. It's infinite, like literally infinite. <laughs> it goes on forever. There is no end, right? It'll probably go on for millions, billions of years. We will continue to evolve. And so, um, you know, we might have peak experiences where we, uh, where we get downloads and we have new levels of understanding, but like never for an instant think that you have encompassed all that there is. It's like the fool card in the tarot. You know, we have to be in that state of constantly being open and constantly questioning our assumptions and our belief systems and and our limitations so that we can overcome them and that we can expand our consciousness. We want to be constantly expanding our consciousness. You know, once in a while we take breaks where we will sit there for a while and process and integrate, you know, some peak experience we've had or some new understanding that we've had and it'll gel and, and, and we'll go, ah, right. And then at some point we will be challenged again. You know, this happens to me constantly. I will, I will achieve states where I go like, oh God, you know, this is, this is great. I'm just really feeling at ease and at comfort with myself and where I'm at. And then something frigging crazy will happen and and it will challenge me and it'll bring up things I didn't even know that I was, where I was limited or where I was stuck, right? People, it typically happens with people. People will come into your experience and challenge you and, push buttons and trigger you and then you'll become aware of parts of yourself that are like incomplete <laughs> and you're like oh my god now i have to go friggin go through this whole experience you know it, it goes on and on and on until we uh, are increasing and and here's another thing too this is my own based on my own personal experiences the deeper you the further down the spiritual path you go the harder it gets like if you're thinking that you know, you're going to get to a point where everything is just going to make sense, and it's all going to be easy, and you're just going to be blissed out all the time. Forget it. You know, maybe when you do achieve a state of enlightenment, that'll occur. But what tends to happen is that the lessons get harder and harder and harder, and you get more and more and more challenged on a deeper and deeper and deeper level. So... Um, there, you know, if you if you're doing this thinking that you're going to just suddenly every your life is going to be happy and you're going to be perfect and you're going to just be with your soulmate and you're just going to be living in bliss all the time, you're kidding yourself. You forget it. It's not going to happen. It's good. The lessons are going to get harder. Right? I'll. That's. I'm not. I don't want to end on a negative note because it's actually the most interesting and challenging thing in the world to be on the spiritual path. It's like forget sports, forget, you know, trying to be, you know, the richest person on the world. The hardest thing that you can do is walk the spiritual path. It's the most challenging thing. If you're open-minded and you're sincere, you want the truth, um, there is nothing more challenging than being on the spiritual path. All right, that's probably a good place to leave this. Um 45 minutes in, and I could have gone on for a lot longer. Bye.